Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Psalms chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. Psalms chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. And if you could turn there in your Bibles, and if you could stand at the reading of the Word, we do give honor to God's Word. And I thank the Lord for the privilege of being able to preach the Word and teach the Word. It will not fail us. It will not fail us. Psalms 11, 1 and 2 reads, O Lord, our Lord. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who hast set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength. Because of thine enemies that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. Amen. I want to preach to you on this subject today. Silencing the devil through praise. Silence the devil through praise. Praise God. Let's praise the Lord before we're seated. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God, I praise you. God, I worship you. God, I magnify you. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we give you praise that is due unto your name. What a mighty God, what a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. We offer up our sacrifice of praise unto you in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. And beyond the walls of this church today and every day. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. There are voices that we desire to cancel out of the negativism or the, uh, to cancel out the uh, gossipism and cancel out the hurtism and the murderism and the, the, the voices of uh, Satanism, the voices that are trying to get us to Stop living for God and give us, get us to point of believing a lie. You see, there, is, there are voices that go around and we want to be able to cancel those out. And uh, sometimes it's very hard for us to do that on our own. There's times that, that words are coming to us that we're not worthy, as Sister Janae was teaching today, uh, words that we're not worthy to worship God or worthy to come to the house of God. Sometimes the voices, of, uh, as the scripture says, uh, he is the accuser of the brethren. That is Satan's job to voice an accusation of, of hindrance. And, and, and then we even get to, the, there's times we get to a point where we feel like that we're not worthy to walk through the doors of the church. And we get to the point where we feel like that we're not worthy to be able, when we finally get here, we get to the point where we feel like we're not worthy to lift our hands because we're not worthy of God. We've been accused that we're a sinner. And yes, uh, we, we are all uh, born in the sin. We're, we're all sinners, but we're saved by grace and mercy of the Lord. But, but there are voices that continue to try to speak and and through the power of praise, I know through the scripture that we can cancel out and stop and still the voice of the enemy and the avenger uh, through the power of praise and worship unto the Lord. David understood this. He understood the power of praise and worship. I believe that praise and worship is what kept him moving forward. His relationship in God was what helped him to overcome the obstacles in life and for him to 
overcome the battles and struggles and even overcome the sin that he had committed and failures that he had done. But yet he was able to go back to the Lord. He even had prophets speak to him when, in times where he was even deceived in his own self and go back to him and say, this is what you have done. And it brought him to his knees and he prayed and he sought God and asked for forgiveness. And one of the chapters of the book of Psalms is all about his repentance unto the Lord. He was a man that knew how to bow himself down to God and humble himself before God because his relationship with the Lord in praise and worship was very important to him. It was very vital to him for him to be able to walk with God the way he needed to walk with God. But you see, in our world, there are a lot of voices. I, I, I get very concerned uh, of the voices that are speaking to even people of our churches that are trying to speak sin into their lives. I get concerned about, uh, you know, I, I was in school uh, years ago. Things have changed even since then when I, when I was attending school. But there's a lot of voices of people that are trying to influence influence our children, influence our teenagers to go and sin and to do the wrong things. Uh, there is in our world today, and there's a lot of spirits that are trying to attack and voices that are trying to speak and influence uh, not just the children, even in early ages uh, in our schools, not just to influence our teenagers, but also to influence us as adults to get us to walk away from God. And there's a lot of spirits in our world with a lot of voices, but there is one spirit that is very significant that we have to recognize is the spirit of Jezebel. That there is a spirit in our world that goes back to uh, the King Ahab and his wife was Jezebel, and she had this spirit of trying to get her way and try to... Uh, get Israel to follow the gods that she wanted them to serve, wanted the world uh, or Israel to follow everything that she wanted and she wanted her way or no way. You ever heard my way or the highway? You ever heard that saying? Um, it's either my way or the highway. But there is a spirit of Jezebel in our world that is speaking with a voice, but it comes from the pit of hell because that controlling spirit, when you begin to take everything about the spirit of Jezebel and that controlling spirit, it is everything that had to do with what Satan did and the reason he was kicked out of heaven. He wanted to be like as of God. He wanted his way. He wanted to do it the way he wanted to do it. It was a spirit, and this is not exhaustive on the spirit of Jezebel, but it is a spirit of control wanting to control things, wanting to control a church, wanting to control people's lives, wanting to control families, wanting to control, control. It's just about control, and Jezebel was about control. She controlled her, her husband to the point where, where he, was, he was basically doing everything, or she was, she was taking care of it, and she convinced him that this is the way you need to do it, this is the way I want it done, and so she convinced him and she began to go out and do the things for control to have her own way. That's what Satan did. Uh, it is a spirit that wants to destroy other people. If there's a spirit to try to hurt someone else's character and hurt their, their life and, and bring them down and kick them down and destroy them and, and destroy their spirit destroy their positive attitude. Sometimes people want to bring other positive people down so that they, uh, so their negative uh, feelings and thoughts can control. And sometimes people don't want people speaking positive because I'm living in a life of negativism and I want to bring others down. Uh, it's, a, it's a spirit of murder. I mean, Jezebel even wanted to murder the prophet because he was not doing it her way. So she wanted control. So she was trying to control him even. And, and, and uh, they even took the, 
uh, when they had Mount Carmel and the contest on Mount Carmel and God answered by fire. And then I stood on Mount Carmel, me and my wife, we stood there and, and looked down and they said, this is where uh, Ahab rode his chariot. And this is where uh, down the hill of this place was where they took the Baal prophets of Baal and they killed them because they were trying to eliminate this spirit of, of, uh, of uh, idolism, idol worship, destroy it, of Baal worship out of the country of Israel. And uh, Jezebel got mad. She got upset because someone took her control away. Someone, and if we ever have a spirit of control, we need to go to an altar and pray that God would, would take that spirit of control away. We need to have a spirit of humbleness. Can I hear it? Amen. Amen. We need to have a spirit of humbleness. We, want, we don't want to destroy people. We, we don't want to control people. We want to follow the ways of the Lord. Everything in the word of the Lord is about us humbling ourselves before God. But you see, the spirit of Jezebel or the spirit of Satan is completely the opposite of what God wants. It is a spirit of perversion. And it even, and like I said, this is not exhaustive on the descriptions of the spirit of Jezebel. There's a lot of tentacles that go out from that spirit that is trying to destroy people and churches and destroy our world and destroy uh, lives. But you see, a lot of tentacles go out. But, but another thing about the spirit of Jezebel, which we're seeing so prevalent in our world today, is a spirit of perversion and sexual per persuasion to get what it wants. That's exactly what Jezebel did. She, she was trying to get her way and she began to uh, dress in a provocative way to get exactly what she wanted. It's a spirit of control. It's a spirit of influence. It's a spirit of perversion and, and persuasion. And I want us to stop and think about this. The attacks on our country today and our communities, even in our, a lot of times we're thinking, well, it's out there in another state and it's out there in another city and it's not affecting me. But, but it is a spirit of, of perversion and influence and it's a spirit of, uh, uh, of attacks, uh, of sexual persuasions. But have you really stopped and noticed that the attacks on a world right now of control is with sexual influence? Sexual influence, trying to teach our children. I'm just going to go here, trying to teach our children, even in kindergarten and first grade and second grade and third grade or even on up the list, but even young children about sex. Let's get real here today. It is a spirit of Jezebel that is trying to overtake our world and it's, and, and it's everything about it. It has some kind of connection with sexual perversion. It's a spirit of Jezebel that's trying to take over our world and it's voices that are wanting to control everything. It's, it's voices of influence that are trying to get our young people to walk away from God and do it our way. You And they're trying to say that this is, uh, this is the norm now. No, it's not the norm. There is an attack against churches. There's attack against religion. There is attack against people that are trying to stand up for the word of God but we're not going to back down from the Word of God. The Word of God is what's going to save us. The Word of God is truth. The Word of God is the answer, but the world's pushing the answer away because they want control and the flesh is taking control. So when you notice, it's, it's just an influence and it's a sexual perversion. All of these, a lot of these tentacles are connected with sex. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and verse 10, Sister Janae read this today in her, in her lesson. Uh, but it, it, listen to what it says here. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Question mark. And then it goes into detail. It says, Be not deceived. 
Church, be not deceived. Children, be not deceived. Teenagers, be not deceived. Adults, be not deceived. Neither fornicators, sexual, nor idolaters, which is relationships with something other than God. It could also be sexual. Nor adulterers, sexual. Nor effeminate, sexual. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind, sexual. And it goes further than that, of course. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. You see, there are influences and voices in our world that are trying to get us to walk away from God. And voices are trying to speak. But I, but I want you to understand here that what the concept of David was is that the power of praise and worship can bring you into a place where it tends to stifle and silence the devil and the voices. I know this to be true because I have seen the events and the experience of when we begin to walk into the house of the Lord and we begin to worship and praise God, when we focus upon the Lord, what happens is our minds begin to go toward the Lord. And when we are truly focused upon God, the Spirit of God begins to move and we get caught away in the power of the Holy Ghost and we get caught away in the glory and power of God's Spirit. And we begin to... What, what happens to the voices that speak to us and try to get us to do wrong? They just kind of slide out the window somewhere and we're focused upon God where we can hear from God. And you know, here's the thing with it. Uh, the power of praise and worship can silence the devil and the voices of evil in this world, as we begin to worship and praise God, they begin to fly out the window somewhere, and they begin to, to, to stop having influence upon us. But it means to me is we cannot just do it in the house of God. Yes, it happens in the house of God. That's where we worship the Lord. But here's the thing. We need to worship and praise God, and it needs to be a lifestyle of our life to where we worship and praise God in our homes. We need to fill our homes with the power of God's Spirit. Amen? There's something powerful about taking this praise and worship from the house of God into our homes and worshiping and praising the Lord there and take it and just fill every corner of that place with the glory of God's Spirit and His anointing and His presence. I tell you what will happen there in your homes. You'll find joy there. You'll find peace there. You'll find strength there. You'll find a help, ever-present help in time of need. It's God. And we feel the glory and power of, 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 of His Spirit. And those obstacles that we are trying to fight hand-on-hand -hand combat. Amen. Some things we cannot change on our own, but there are some things we can. But yet, when we begin to get to the point where we can't do anymore, we need to turn, of course, uh, in our lifestyle of our praise and worship in our homes. On the job, there's also a place of praise and worship. There's things we can't change on the job. We can't change certain things, but you know what? The power of God can change it. You, you allow your praise and worship to flow into that, that job place, and there's things begin to change. The atmosphere begins to change. The presence of the Lord begins to move, and we feel the joy and the power of God's Spirit. Everywhere we go, it silences the voices attack I love peace I love joy amen I love the presence of God I can't I can't get away from it I just I love the power of God's spirit I love to be in a service where the flow of God's spirit is moving not just on the job but in our schools children young people you can praise God in your, in your school and change the atmosphere of your school. You can change the atmosphere. But we've got to take a stand against the voices.
against the voices that are trying to attack. That spirit, and there's many more spirits than just the spirit of Jezebel, spirits of control, spirits of perversions and murder, destroying people. Of course, it should never happen in the church. We should never, we see someone down, it's not a time to kick them. We need to pick them up. The Bible says that because there might be a time we might be down and someone needs to help us up. We don't want them kicking us when we're down. We need to be lifting and encouraging and strengthening and building up. Amen. But David understood this. In his praise and worship to the Lord, David was calling out to the Lord in praise. He was entering a spiritual warfare in his relationship with the Lord. He was he was focusing upon his relationship and his appreciation and his respect and his love for God in his praise and worship. But what was happening there also that he recognizes there's some spiritual warfare that is going on. Spiritual warfare. He began to say, uh, calling out to the Lord in praise. He, he cried out. And he said, Lord. And then he said, our Lord. You see, he was narrowing it down, not just Lord of everything, but also Lord, my Lord. My Lord. I've got that relationship with Him. He's my God. He's my Lord, and I, I want to be able to exalt Him. He said, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. David recognized that, that though the Lord was Israel's covenant God, but he also recognized that he was also the God of more than just Israel. He was the God uh, with a name that was excellent in all the earth. He began to praise a God that was a whole lot bigger than just where he was at. Uh, he was a whole lot bigger than Israel, but he was a God that was God, and his name was excellent upon all the earth. And he began to worship him and praise him. He knew that he was also the God of all the earth. Uh, who have set your glory above the heavens. He also realized that the earth cannot contain the excellence of the power of God. Uh, he understood what he was praising, who he was praising was the almighty God. And he was even bigger than this earth. We think the earth is so big, but when you begin to uh, trying to understand the galaxies and the universe and, and think they, they, they think they're, they're, there's things beyond these galaxies. Whether there is, I don't know. Possibly there is. I know there's a heaven. I, I, I know there's things God has prepared that we don't even know of. But, but you know, when you begin to consider how excellent is your name in all the earth, but he understood he is above the heavens. He's even above the heavens at the earth has not enough measure to, uh, for the glory and excellence of God, but your spirit and your glory is far even above the heavens. He knew who he was worshiping. He knew who he was praising. He is excellent, and he glorified the Lord, and he praised him, and he didn't want anything to get that relationship severed. So in our praise, we realize how big God is. In our worship and praise to Him, we realize how powerful and great He is. We also realize how He, how he could consider me just a little person in this great scheme of things and all the people in this, this world, how He could consider little old me and little old you. How excellent is your name in all the earth, even above the heavens. How could he consider all the people in the world but consider little old me? Because he's God. And he loves us. And he cares about us. Who have set your glory above the heavens. The earth could not contain him. But he is everywhere. And in the verse, in the first verse, David considered the greatness of God, his evident power and glory in creation, both across the earth and in the heavens. Now he considers that the, and, and he begins to bring this down to a different level as he began to understand the glory and excellence of the Lord in earth, in my life, 
and in the earth and in heaven and above the heavens. He is the Almighty. Begin, he then began to narrow this down even to a different level in the second verse. Now he considers that the power and glory of God can be seen in small children. Babes and nursing infants, sucklings, as God's strength is evident in them. Save our children. God is ministering and filling children with the Holy Ghost. But even the infants, the nursing infants, that how that out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, God has ordained strength. We understand the power of God, but yet that he would narrow it down even to the weakest things, the most dependent creatures, babes and sucklings. That out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, God has ordained strength. The idea that God uses otherwise weak things to display his glory and strength we find in 1 Corinthians 1 and 27. As an example of this, it says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put shame the things which are mighty. God's power, amen, we know he could speak the word and everything could come to a screeching halt at just the speaking of his word. Matter of fact, I could go any further, a little further here. God has the ability to just think it. And there's enough power in his thinking to be able to come bring this whole world to a screeching halt in the universe and the galaxies beyond this at just his thoughts. He is an almighty God, but yet that he would consider that there's power and strength and anointing, amen, and victory in the mouth of even babes and sucklings. And it comes down to that power comes through the mouth speaking out praise unto the Lord. David understood this. Uh, all the spectrums of his creation can praise him. Uh, people don't look to, to the praise of, of, ch of a child's mouth to bring forth the power of God to defeat the enemy. But God is allowing the weakest things to be able to confound the mighty. The voices that are speaking in our world today, why wouldn't the enemy want to destroy our children even at a very early age? Because he understands that there's power and strength that comes forth from babes and sucklings and God has ordained it that this power and strength would come forth from them because it's the weak things that confound the mighty. It's, it's the weak things that silence the devil's voice. It silences the voices of evil in our world. Amen. Why wouldn't he want to stop the children? Well, the children need to get as close to God as they can get so they recognize God's voice and not the voices of evil and and maybe even so-called friends they are trying to influence, but let us go back to the Lord and hear His voice. Because God has ordained it. That power comes forth from the, even the weakest things. There's power in a child of God that has a simple, trusting, childlike faith to believe the enemy will fall. Jesus even said it, that children are an example of how to come to Him. How to come to Him. The example of us to come to the Lord and build a relationship in the Lord is to come to Him not in our adult pride, not in the adult, I've got it, I've got it figured out. I know as a man, I've got a lot of things I think is figured out. And then I find out they're not figured out yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. 
And when I think I got it figured out, then I trip over it and think, you know, hey, I need to go back to the Word of God and figure this out again. I don't have it figured out. I, as a man, I, I think I got it figured out how to fix everything because my whole life is built around repair and fix. Uh, that's the reason why I want to come home. I don't want to fix anything. But I do anyway. Fix, repair, but I, sometimes I think I got it all figured out. When it's all said and done, I really don't have it figured out. <laughs> I got to turn to the Lord and to His Word because in this book, this book has every answer to everything we ever needed. You see, Jesus was saying to us that we need to come like a little child. He even said it in Matthew 18 2 and through 4. And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little, as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You see what happens when a child comes and, and you begin as an adult or a parent, they will believe anything you say. That they, they, will, they will trust your love they will, unless you give them a reason not to. That, then they'll shy away and they'll be afraid of you. But, but they come before you as a child. They're, they'll believe anything you say. They will, they will uh, receive anything. They come humbly. They, they, they come with a, a feeling that uh, you know, they're not going to hurt me. They, uh, they, they're going to take care of me. They trust. They trust. Until we let them down on that trust, then they begin to question but the Lord never lets us down. He never fails us. It's a hard thing sometimes to think anything more weak and helpless than a baby that has to have its diaper changed and it has to be fed, has to be taken care of. Yet the same God who ordains strength out of the mouth of babes and, and uh, sucklings or nursing infants can give strength and support to me in the midst of my weakness. Having that same thinking, that same feeling of coming before God with humbleness. Coming before God with a simple faith. Coming before God with praise from the depths of my heart. Not, it doesn't, I, I think we, we make it uh, too complicated at times coming before God. We think... This has got to be in order. I've got this figured out. I've got to do this. I've got to lay this out. I've got this all designed perfectly so that when I come to the Lord, the Lord will receive me or accept me. When really what it comes down to in repentance, it's not a difficult thing. It's just simply coming to the Lord and saying, God, I can't do this anymore. I just lay it down in an altar. I give it all to you. I lay it all down at this altar God, I, I humble myself. I'm taking my ways, so complicated ways, and I'm setting it aside, and I'm, I'm taking it in, and I'm, I'm giving it all to you, God. Just laying it all down and saying, here it is, God. I'm going to come like a child. I'm going to come in a humble way. I'm going to come with simple faith. I don't want to complicate my faith. I just want to trust you. You've never failed me before. I know you'll not fail me now. And sometimes we use uh, that we use that way other people have, other people have treated us, and we we put that on God that other people have let us down, and we think God's going to do the same. It's not the case. It's easier to take. By the enemy, it's easier to take being defeated by something or someone bigger and stronger than you because you expect that to be able to overcome you. The giants in the land, the, the things that are a whole lot bigger than you. It, it's easier to take that that we're defeated by someone that was so much stronger and so much better. But to the enemy, to be defeated by the mouth of praise from a babe and a nursing infant. That is the ultimate shame for the enemy. Hmm. That is the ultimate shame for the enemy. You know, they expect the enemy, Satan, evil spirits, that 
they, 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 they're okay fighting a battle against us. But when we consider that we are humbled and weak before, before the Lord, and we humble ourselves before the Lord and come before Him in our weakness and begin to cry out as a babe or as suckling and begin to cry out in our praise and worship to the Lord, how that the shame of the enemy is defeated in even in a worse way than it ever was before because of a humbleness of a child of God. I'm not just talking just about babies. I'm not just talking about infants that are nursing or the sucklings. I'm also talking about us as children of God. We come before the Lord not in our own preconceived ideas that I've got it all figured out, but we come before the Lord saying, God, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what else to do. I, I, I've done everything that I can do. Yeah, there's things that I can do, but I've come to the end of my limits, but I give it all to you. Now I humble myself before you. And the enemy that is destroyed by some weaker vessel is a whole lot more shame to the enemy or Satan than someone that is a whole lot bigger than him. You know why the, the devil cannot fight against God because God is so much bigger than him he could just think and the devil could be destroyed today so you know what the devil does he's trying to get back at God so he attacks his children that's a that's a gut punch that's a low blow. Can't get to the parents, so you go after their children. But it's the same thing in this scenario that the devil cannot destroy the Lord, but he can destroy the things that are most precious to the Lord by just simply putting voices in their head and in their heart and in their mind and trying to bring them to a point that you cannot do this. You cannot live for God. You cannot walk with God. You cannot serve God. God doesn't want you in His presence. He doesn't want you to raise his, your hands. He doesn't want you to... He speaks these voices in our mind and in our heart, but the thing that overcomes the, the enemy and his tactics is for us to just begin to praise and worship. And the power of God begins to move and what happens, think about it. The times that you worshiped and praised God and the Spirit of God began to move, did those voices have an effect on you at that time? No, it didn't have it on me. i tell you what happens when you begin to praise and worship the Lord out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. Begins. It, it is an ordained strength. It is an ordained anointing and power that silences the voice of Satan. Amen. In a church that knows how to pray, and praise and worship knows how to get a hold of God. The enemy is going to be defeated by a weaker vessel. Amen. The children of God can rise up in praise and in worship. A church that knows how to worship and praise God. Amen. Is going to feel the power and glory flowing through this place. Lives are going to be changed. Hearts are going to be touched. People are going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We cannot stop the praise and worship in the house of God. Every time we walk into the doors. We've got to open up our heart and soul to the Lord. I want to open my voice to Him. I want to lift up my voice to Him because out of my mouth there is strength to still the enemy. Oh. But Satan has to deal with being defeated by a babe and a suckling. What shame, Satan that you can't even overcome a child of God. And, and I realize it's not the strength of a babe and a, and a suckling or an adult child of God. We have no power, but it's the power that is within us. It's out of our voice. It's out of our voice of praise that comes from the depths of our heart because the, as I've said before, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I want to get this love for God in my heart. I want to get this deep love and relationship for God in my heart because I want it to come out of my mouth in praise and worship to the Lord. I'm telling you something about 
uh, something's going to help each and every one of us. When we get in a bind and the voices are speaking to stop that voice, just start raising your hands and start worshiping God. Just start praising the Lord. Lift up your voice because there's power and strength in your mouth. In the book of Matthew, Jesus triumphantly entered into Jerusalem. He was riding on a donkey. And they put clothes on the back of the donkey, or the colt. And they, he, he rode that into the, into the city of Jerusalem. And it says in chapter 21, verse 8 and 9, And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. They were, they were worshiping the Lord. They spread their garments in the way. And others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way as, the, as the, the, the donkey began to move with Jesus on it. And they were worshiping and praising the Hosanna. And it says, and the multitudes that went before that followed cried saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. That was in chapter 21. Uh, but we find here also in chapter 21 that when he when he got to Jerusalem, he went into the temple. Uh, there was a place in the temple that, that they were not worshiping and praising him from their heart. They got so caught up in their own ways. They're, they were trying to uh, barter and sell and all of these things, trying to make monetary gain off of the temple. Uh, and, and, and so the money changers were there and Jesus went out into the temple of God and cast out all of them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them and when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple and saying Hosanna to the son of David they were sore displeased and said unto him hearest thou what these say and Jesus saith unto them yea have you not read have you not read Psalms 8 where David said Yea, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise? Perfected praise. Now, you look at uh, David wrote in Psalms 8 and 2, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies. And thou mightest still the enemy of the avenger. But Jesus said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. David said, ordained strength because of thine enemies. Jesus said, perfected praise. Is there a contradiction here? No. Jesus didn't misinterpreted he translated it and gave the progression of praise that in the New Testament or in the Old Testament book of Psalms it is God has ordained by the mouth of babes and sucklings that he said this is a perfection of praise you see ordained strength in Psalms the meaning of it means fix, establish it, lay foundation, to begin. Sounds like a beginning point. He was trying to tell them, if you understand the praise and worship, you can lay a foundation and begin some powerful things in your life. But then perfected in the, in the, in the Greek, in the New Testament, what Jesus said perfected, it means to strengthen to perfect, to complete, to make one what he ought to be and to equip. The Lord ordained it. The more we do it, in it, the more it's perfected. The more we do it, it's ordained by God for us to praise and worship the Lord. But the more we do it, the more it's perfected. 
the more it's, you know, we're going from the beginning. We could start it today, or we might have already started it, but there is a perfection that the Lord is wanting us to get to as we understand. I believe that more perfection in it is more understanding of it. I believe that the Lord was telling us that, hey, uh, uh, the, 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 the people of the temple were trying to say, have you heard these people worshiping you or saying, Hosanna? He said, yeah, have you not read Psalms 8 and 1? Uh, and two, because what's happening here is there is, it was ordained by God out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. This praise should go forth, but what you're seeing here today is a perfecting of it. Uh, amen. It is a, a, a growth of it. It is a, it is a strengthening of it. It is a completeness of it. It is a making one what he ought to be is a worshiper and is a praiser and it's equipping them to be able to overcome the devil's voices and silence him through praise and worship. Amen. As our church continues in praise and worship. We're going to see the voices of Satan and the enemy destroyed. Amen. We're not going to be influenced by those spirits. We go into the world, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Amen. We're a part of the kingdom of God. It defeats and silences the enemy. The Bible says in, in Psalms, he said it silences the enemies, which is because of thine enemies. It says it's plural, it's evil spirits. But it also says, he goes on and says, that thou mightest still the enemy of, and the avenger, a singular, which is Satan, and all of his imps. It begins to silence the voices of these evil, evil spirits. And when you come into the church with true humbleness and praise to God, I tell you what you're going to feel, you're going to feel a total freedom in your soul and in your heart. When you come into the house of God and humble yourself like a little child before God and praise and worship out of your mouth, amen, God has ordained it. You're going to feel joy, you're going to feel deliverance you're going to feel the attack cease you're going to feel the voice or the voice of Satan and evil is going to be stilled that's what the Bible says in Psalms the voice of the enemies and the voice of the enemy will be stilled there's power in praise and worship you see you could praise him to silence the enemy and the avenger Wherever you are, wherever you are. You see, the weapon David uses here is the name. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. David was launching a spiritual warfare. Not just to still the enemy, but it also says to still the avenger. You know what avenger means? Vengeance taken uh, vengeance be taken for blood. Revenge. Satan has a whole lot of vengeance and revenge in him against God. That's the reason why he can't fight against God. He takes that out on his children. Avenger. Not only do you, dis you silence or still the voice of the enemies and still the voice of the enemy, but you also, it says, you, you still the voice of the avenger, the revenge that Satan continues to attack God's children. <laughs> Satan has revenge and vengeance toward God. He takes it out on us. But that's where we need to realize that God has ordained the power of praise and worship out of the mouth of the weakest, the babes and sucklings. And when we come into the house of the Lord and we begin to lift our voice and praise unto the Lord, there are things that happen in the spirit realm that we feel, but some things we don't even know of. You want to overcome the attacks of a voice that's speaking to you or to your family? Just start creating an atmosphere and an environment of praise and worship, not only in the house of God, but in your house.
in your car, in your life, everywhere you go. Amen. Your praise and worship also out of your mouth. Speak that praise. Speak that voice. It's ordained of God and there's strength in the voice of a worshiper. We defeat Satan through our childlike praise unto God. There's no agenda. There's no manipulation. There is, it's just like a child. We can take the examples from our children. It's no agenda on our, their praise and worship to the Lord. It's no manipulating God. It's no wrong motive. It's childlike faith. Through our weakness, we can be strong through God's mighty hand. And as we stand here today, we're moving from ordained and establishing it to the perfecting of praise. We got to grow in praise. We got to flourish in praise. We got to build upon praise and worship. This cannot be just a month of just praise and worship. It's got to be a part of the fabric of this church. Amen. Prayer must be a, a part of the fabric of this church. Praise and worship must be a part of the fabric of this church. The reason why this church was established, the foundation of it, it was all about the Lord. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about anything else. It's all about Him. This is His church. We've come into the house of God to give Him praise. But praise is the ordained strength of God to His people. Amen. To defeat the depressions. To defeat the past hurts. To defeat the lives of the enemy that keeps telling us that we're not worthy of God. Let me tell you something. If you could get to the point where you begin to praise and worship the Lord, those lies will begin to dissolve into nothing. And then you can get a hold of God. And you can have complete victory in your life. And you can praise Him and grow in Him. You can get rid of the accusations of the enemy that keeps trying to accuse the brethren every day, every day and night. We can get to that point. We've got to praise Him we got to worship Him. It comes from the depths of our being. And today, I'm going to call the church again together. Let's come to the altar and let's just simply lift our voices unto the Lord and our, our praise unto the Lord. Amen. It's ordained by God. It's ordained by God that it, out of our voice, out of our voice of praise comes forth a silencing of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Oh, what are you battling with we'll today? Just praise God. You are God. Oh, let him have his way in our hearts here today. Every man. Oh, what about the doubt? We'll let it be dissolved to today to praise and worship. Oh God, I praise you. So let's start God, I worship right you. Let it be a part of the of the makeup of my life, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God.